Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Welcome to Miracle Internet Church. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and we want to thank the Lord that when two or three of us are gathered together in his name, yes, he is here in our midst. Amen. We want to thank the Lord for all he's doing in this ministry and in the lives of every believer. Amen. We, um, if you were listening Sunday, I think that was Sunday, or was it Wednesday? I can't remember which day now. But I asked you, if you have not already done it, and most of you have already done it, uh, to send me an email with your name. That would be your first name and your last name. And whatever your physical problems are, even if you don't know the technical name for it, to list them, in the order of one, two, three, four, five, just like that. I do. I would prefer that you not give me a paragraph or a list of how you got it, who in your family had it, what it looked like, all of that kind of thing. Just give it a name and go on to the next number. If it's a big red uh, spot on your arm, just call it the red spot on my arm. Then go to number two, whatever number two is. If number two is wrinkles, put wrinkles. If number three is um, eye-closing, then eye-closing, okay? That's what you call it. And you just get to it. Don't get a long, drawn-out list. No, 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 no. Amen. Physical, what's going on in your body. We're all coming together in the name of Jesus, I pray. And we're praying for all of our physical problems at one time. We're all doing it together. You're not by yourself trying to believe just for your body. We are doing it together as a ministry. On our last fast and the previous fast, one of our prayers was, we are interceding for the members of Miracle Outreach Ministries to be healed in their bodies, including weight loss or gain, whichever is desired. We are interceding for the members of Miracle Outreach Ministries. Amen? They need to be members of Miracle Outreach Ministries uh, to be healed in their bodies, including weight loss and weight gain. So that's the basis of what we're doing, only we're doing it together. And I ask that you pray for everyone else's healing every day before you pray for your own. Amen? Amen. Then I ask you to email me, and if for some reason you could not email me, then to write me. Brother Bill has been kind enough to post uh, my address in the chat room is also located on the website under giving at miracle internet church it's listed there as well 
Amen. Pastor Sabrina Sessions, M-I-C slash M-O-M. P.O. Box 2715, Jacksonville, Florida, 32203, USA. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may email pastor at gproom at outlook. Praise the Lord. So I'm happy to say that many of you have already done that, and I'm waiting for the rest of you to to get along and, and get that done. Now, there's some people. Uh, who think that there is absolutely nothing wrong with their bodies because to their understanding they're not experiencing any physical symptoms. But I want to remind you that disease states and sicknesses don't show up um, when you think. Sometimes they don't show up for many years. Sometimes the enemy's been working in the background for many years before there are, are manifestations to the disease state. So my recommendation to those persons is send in your first name, your last name, and say something to affect any place in my body where the enemy has done me harm. There. Simple enough. That covers everybody, I believe. Praise the Lord. It's okay if you have a long list. It's all right. No problem at all. Just make sure the pastor gets it. Amen. Amen. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for all who are choosing to participate. I thank you that there is a blessing. Amen. There's a blessing in it for everyone. Now, a special welcome to all of our first-time listeners. We are a Christian Internet church, and we meet on the Internet every Wednesday evening and Friday evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America. And whatever time that happens to be in your time zone, we are an international ministry, and I believe almost every time zone on the planet is represented. So that means all of us are not awake at the same time. Some of us stay up uh, very late or get up very early in order to participate live in the broadcast. Amen? And others of us uh, get to recast it later. And so the Lord blesses us in this matter. Amen. We all get to participate. Now, on Sundays, we meet at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America. And we encourage you to recast, or if you can, listen live. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. At any rate, we invite you to join us in our chat room, and our chat room is located on our webpage. And our webpage is MiracleInternetChurch.com, www.MiracleInternetChurch.com. Now, some of you, when you're witnessing to people and you don't happen to have a card, well, now, if you want a business card from the ministry, you need to email pastor and ask for it and to give me your first name, your last name, and your correct mailing address. Amen? Amen. 
We do not allow people to make up their own business cards for this ministry, just as there is no other business that allows others to make up a business card for their business. That's something that the business does and provides. In that case, it's the ministry. We have our own business cards, and if you would like some, you will need to request them via email from the pastor. Praise the Lord. And pastor will see to it that you get some. Amen. At no charge to you. So uh, we encourage you to do so if that's what you would like. Now, um, what else was I going to say, Lord? I forgot what my other announcement was. Oh, I'll get to that a little later. But there is one more announcement. Um, all right. There, every broadcast, every Wednesday and Friday, I post information from this ministry. It's the same information that I've been posting for years, even when Pastor Pat was here. And some of you have never taken the time to read it. I would encourage you, after the end of this broadcast tonight, that you scroll up in the chat room and read it. They all say Pastor Sabrina. And read. You know, it's like you uh, you came to um, participate in something, but you don't know what the ground rules are. Amen? So we like for you to know. It's good to know. Amen? Amen. So we can all be in agreement in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Some of you have read them, and others of you never have. Also, that's what it is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I need to remind those of you who uh, have forgotten and to the new people who've never heard that one of the things that we ask you to do in this ministry is periodically, probably once a week, ask the Holy Spirit, ask, ask the Holy Spirit if he will take you into the blog talk archive sermons, it says archive sermons right across the banner, and escort you to the sermon that he wants you to hear. And I would suggest suggest that uh, you come prepared with a writing instrument, with a notepad, and with your King James Version of the Bible. Amen? God wants to talk to you. He wants you to hear that sermon, and he wants you to get out of it what he's trying to give you. Praise God. Amen. You know, there's some people, they started out doing what they wanted to do instead of what I'm recommending. And so they would go through, and I think we've got 12 years of sermons trying to pick out from the title what they thought they ought to hear. And um, eventually, they decided that they would do what we're telling them to do. And they found out there's a blessing in obedience. And there is. The Bible says there is. When you do what you're asked to do, those who are in a position of authority, there's usually a blessing that comes. That's the Bible principle. Amen? So we want to remind you 
that you should be asking the Holy Spirit to take you into the archive. It says archive sermon, maybe once a week, maybe more. It depends. And ask him to take you to the sermon that he wants you to hear. The title doesn't necessarily tell you everything that was said. Amen? So you will need the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, as you should be depending on him to do all the time. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So that should help quite a few people, amen, especially the newer ones. Amen? We welcome you in the name of the Lord, and we thank the Lord for you. We want to encourage everybody. Ah, that's what I was going to say. Thank you, Lord. We want to encourage everybody to share about this ministry with those with whom you come into acquaintance. Yes, you should have a good word to say. Amen? You ought to have a good word to say. Well, I don't have a business card, and I don't have, and I don't, you do know www.miracleinternetchurch.com. You do know that much. You can give them that much. Amen? Amen. You can text it to them. Miracleinternetchurch.com. There it is. You don't have to be brilliant. Just do what you know is right. Amen? And the Lord will bless. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, we want to thank the Lord that he brought us through um, this season that the world refers to as Halloween. It, well, you could feel the opposition in the air. Feel the opposition. But the opposition had to stop at a point because we had done a certain amount of warfare against it. Now, for those that are new, you don't know that we do that, but we do. We fight the devil right back. We don't do like maybe some people that are Christians that uh, you may have come into acquaintance with. We don't just sit there and watch him do what he does and don't do anything about it. That's not us. Amen? That's not us. That is not this ministry. We don't lay down and roll over and pretend we're dead. We just don't do that. We are very act kingdom of God. Amen? And uh, this is not a ministry where you just come and sit and do nothing. This is a ministry where you must become involved or else you don't grow. This is a ministry that you have to participate in, or else you just sit there like the proverbial not on a law. You actually have to do the things we tell you to do. You know it's like this. You bought a jar of lotion or a jar of cream, and you just leave it sitting there on the shelf looking at it every day, and you don't do anything. Well, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. At some point, you have to take the jar off the shelf and you have to open the jar. 
then you have to put your fingers into the contents of the jar and begin to apply it where you're supposed to apply it. Well, in a very real sense, this ministry is that way. It must be applied to your life. The message must be applied to your personal life. If you don't, you'll just sit there and listen and think you heard this or think you heard that, but you won't ever get it right. Amen? That's not the way God works. You have to do the will of God. Amen? If you don't know how, you can write Pastor at gproom at outlook.com, and I'll help you. Or you can ask the Lord to show you in the Bible and explain it to you, and he will. Amen? Amen. So let's get to prayer. I think that's most of my announcements. I'm not certain about that, but I think so. Amen? Praise the Lord. As you will notice, if you've joined us in the chat room, our membership is very friendly one with another. We converse. We talk to each other. Amen? Come and ignore each other. If you walked into a building full of people in a church, you would speak to people, I would hope, when you come in the building. Well, the same is is true with our chat room. When you come into church, you greet people in the name of the Lord. You speak to people. Amen? Our members are not snooty nor snotty. They're loving and they're kind and very receptive and helpful. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, everybody here feels loved unless they're busy rejecting love. It's hard not to feel love in this ministry. Amen? Amen. It's hard not to feel love unless you're just refusing it. Then that would be on you, now wouldn't it? Amen. Now, what else was I about to say? Well, I'll get to that when I get to it. But we're going to start now. Amen? We love all of our members. And... We expect everyone to love the rest of the membership and to treat one another in high regard, to hold one another in high regard, just as the Bible says. Amen? It's not too much to ask. It's what you would be expected to do at any any normal, I I say normal. Well, I'm just going to use that word for, for the time being. Normal Christian church. Love is expected to be there. Amen? Amen. So, also, if you're new, you may not know that we participate as a body, as a church, in a fast every month. And uh, the specifics of the fast are given to you in advance of the fast. They're given to everybody They're placed in the chat room, and we would hope that everyone would participate. They're pretty simple, and there's enough flexibility for everyone to figure out how to do it. Amen? Amen. I do know that the Lord is expecting you to participate. You might want to keep that in mind. Amen? 
That's how he sees it. He's expecting you to participate. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for love. We thank you for grace. We thank you for clarity. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that we were called into the kingdom for such a time as this. We come before you, Lord, tonight, thanking you for your love, for your unconditional love for us. No, Lord, we are not deserving, but your mercy and your grace provided what was needed for our lives. We needed a solution to our sin. We needed a solution and an answer to our sin. And you provided what was needed through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. It humbles us that you would consider giving your life for mere dust. Yes, we were made in the image and likeness of God, but corruption had its way and sin had its way. Nonetheless, you loved us enough to do something, condition. For that, we thank you and we give you praise. We thank you, we worship you, and we give you praise, Father. We ask you, Father, to forgive each of us of our sins as we repent of them right now. For your forgiveness. The Bible says that if we will confess our faults, if we'll come tell the truth and not hold anything back, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We receive your work from the cross, Lord Jesus. We receive it right now. We thank you, Lord. This is a reverential and holy moment, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the blood of Jesus covering each of us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the armor of God. We thank you for the grace that brought us this far and the grace that brought us all together. We thank you, Lord, for your covering and your grace for this particular ministry. We ask you, Lord, to keep us on paths of righteousness for your namesake. We ask you to lead us and to guide us by your Holy Spirit and by your word. We thank you, Father, for those that you have brought together with us to share in this ministry, to share of your bounty and the fruitfulness of the kingdom of God. We give you praise, Lord. We thank you for the grace. We thank you for the armor of God. We thank you for your warring linking angels that surround us. We thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. We proclaim Psalm 91 over every person in this ministry in Jesus' name. We thank you for the praising angels and the ministering spirits And all that you have done, Lord, to help us, to lead us, to guide us, to mature us 
and to cause us come those persons that you have always desired for each of us to be. We thank you, Lord. We trust you with our lives, and we give you praise. We thank you, Father, that you are a shepherd and we shall not want, and that you supplied all of our needs according to your riches in, in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself into the knowledge of God. Amen. And we bring every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous in Jesus' name. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, watchers, listeners, peeps, whispers, familiar demons, all electronic, digital, and technology demons and their attacks. Leviathan spirits and their attacks, brainwashing spirits, kundalini spirits and their attacks, water and marine spirits and their attacks, sex devils and their attacks, unclean spirits, their attacks, passive devils and their attacks, all pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust spirits, drone spirits in Jesus' name, all sorcery devils and their attacks, all seducing and womanizing and whoredom spirits, and their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, and their charming and seducing voices, we bind in the name of Jesus. All hypnotic and trance devils, all targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons and their attacks, microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequencies and attacks, the work of every druid, all electromagnetic, smart technology, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind force feedback, cyber-stalking, cyber-sex, cyber-sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits, which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, and brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, We bind the power of suggestion in Jesus' name, binding all vibrations which are demons in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We bind all hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks in Jesus' name. 
We bind all pulse weapons, all 5G and their attacks, everything coming off the satellites, off the cell towers, and through our electronic and digital devices, our technology devices in Jesus' name. We take authority, dominion, and power in particular over the demons that use our computers and our cell phones as portals in Jesus' name. We close the portals in their faces in the name of Jesus Christ and send their wickedness back upon them in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we give you praise, Lord. We thank you and we give you praise. We bind all hypnotic and trance devils, all mystic rituals in their intent. We bind and overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, any island, indigenous groups, tribal groups, unknown groups, that is unknown to man, not unknown to God. Jamaican, Caribbean, Latin American, North American, South American, Arctic, Antarctic, Chinese, Indonesian, Russian, Japanese, Australian, Brazilian, Japanese, Afghanistan, Vietnam, Everywhere where magic, mystic arts, voodoo, hoodoo, black magic, white magic, any magic is practiced in Jesus' name. We bind underneath the sea, in Jesus' name. We bind Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Holy Spirit. We plead the merits of the shed blood of Jesus over all of our credit cards and our debit cards in Jesus' name. We bind all Morgellons attacks and we return every attack to the senders in Jesus' name. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits. And we bind every demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind. Hyperactivity. We bind the prince to the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog, 
and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the Flies, the Mandela Effect, all satanic ritual abuse, devil satanic worship, and witchcraft dedications, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the growth, and every spirit that exalts logic, science, human reasoning, demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the transference of evil spirits yet again. Any spirit that followed us this uh, today or this week, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We command you to leave right now. We cut ourselves free from you in Jesus' name. We bind Mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock. Wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, monitor, track, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, file, assassinate, corrupt, divide, confound, undermine, attack, reproach, despise, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool and the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind food lust and addictions in Jesus' name. We return to sender according to the covenant all and every. Reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person, or unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights in Jesus' name. Returning every juju from whence it came in the name of Jesus. We bind all vampire spirits. Voodoo, hoodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, and the Great Reset, make-believe, fantasy, fables, enchantments, la-la land, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors, the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, Transcendental Meditation, Antichrist Ideologies and Doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic Spirits, and Practice, Lewdness, Perversion, The Outworking of Vain Deceit, Death Spirits, Spirits of Destruction, Chaos, and Mayhem, Oppression, Depression, Anarchy, Premonition, Clairvoyance, ESP, Telepathy, Psychokinesis, Out-of-Body Experiences, Reincarnation, Haunting, Poltergeist, Astral Travel, Psychic Healing, Demonic meditation, spirit guides, defilement by wizards. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the king of pride and all of his underlings in the name of Jesus Christ. 
We chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and soulish sacrifices. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilek, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, Isis, Osiris, all of those so-called deities, all gods and goddesses, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and its 72, and we chain them all with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We undo the works of all the of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We break the power of every Masonic ritual, rite, and ceremony and their powers and those of the affiliated organizations in the name of Jesus. We break the power of every pledge that they make. We bind the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, and the grip in Jesus' name. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions and the work of errors in our lives, and we return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassment, and witchcraft back on their heads, as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief in accord with Calvary, and we ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we have come to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, we will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief, and whom we serve and obey. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. For kings, for all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, especially persecuted Christians and those who are left behind in Afghanistan. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us, Father. We thank you, and we give you praise, Lord. We thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we disconnect ourselves from all those entities that we spoke to on the phone 
or a regise through text messages, or any other kind of messages that we need to be disconnected from. We loose ourselves from them now in the name of Jesus. And their demons in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind their demons in Jesus' name. We take authority, dominion, and power over every financial attack that has been launched against a member of Miracle Outreach Ministries in Jesus' name. And we bind that attack and we quench it. In Jesus' holy name. Risa la de Dios, la de Dios, do rugurre le de Yasa. Rumba, baba, baba, gusha, tarabrisa, tarabrika. We send that attack back where it came from in the name of Jesus Christ. Rula la de Yasa, rugusa, tarabri. Yerrugula de Dios, la de Dios, tarabrika, de Dios, la de Yasa, tarabri. Yerrekisa, tarabrika, de Dios, la de Dios, tarabrika, de Dios, tarabra. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority, dominion, and power over the, um, roadways, our, our means of transportation, whether it be in the air, on the highways, on the streets, in the woods, wherever it may be, trails, under the water, however, yes, Lord, this covers those Zoom meetings. Urgisa de Brusha, Rula la Diosunda de Bruca, Bababa Bogusha de Mara, Kurgise, Rela la Diosula de Diosa de Bruca de Lidia. We cut ourselves free from ungodly connections through the Zoom meeting. Hey, Urlisiti de Brusha, in Jesus' name, Bababa Bruca de Brisha la Diosa, Runga de Brisha la Diosa de Bruca de Lidia and Rugohora, Riki Sile de Diosa, Borregisa de Bruca, Bebebebeba. Father, we send back all the warfare, all the warfare that's coming against us due to people that we were once connected to, but we have disconnected ourselves from. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. We cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. And we take authority, dominion, and power over our dream life. We disconnect ourselves from all the ruka. Spirits that come through the computers that attack our dream lives. Rula la diosa da da brica di diosa da da bruca. Sulla la diosa da da brica di diosa la diosa. Cusha da da brisa. Father, we thank you. We plead the blood of Jesus over our dream world, over our sleep time, over our rest time. We give you praise. E lolesta da da brisa. We arrest every intruder in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind them. We put them into the cage, into the spiritual cage in Jesus' name, and send them to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind any poisons that they put in, oh, that they put in us while we were sleeping in Jesus' name. 
We raise with the blood of Jesus all of those dreams that were set by the enemy in Jesus' name. We send them right back to the enemy in Jesus' name. Dream protocol. If we were traveling, Father, and we came back from wherever we were traveling to, we disconnect ourselves from all those spirits that travel from where we were back to where we are now. Just as we clean our feet off as we come into the house, Lord, we disconnect ourselves from all those spirits now in Jesus' name. We pull out all fiery darts, all pins, needles, spears, all voodoo, curses, and everything sent to us from the demonic realm. We send every vex and hex back. In Jesus' holy name, we burn, set ablaze with the fire of God, all ungodly silver cords, ley lines, soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, facts, leagues, and every form of agreement with the demonic realm. Amen. We destroy, we tear down around every shaman, globalist, nanotechnology, Satanist, wizard, warlock, witch, sorcerer, divinator, and liar in Jesus' name. We break the power of all love spells, vexes, hexes, curses, charms, fetishes, psychic prayers, psychic thoughts, magic, sorcery, voodoo, witchcraft, torment, pain, psychic power, psychic warfare, incantation, candle and incense burning, destruction, fetishes, root works, tribal rituals, chantings, incantations, Rakota sickness, death spirits, all destruction. We bind you in the name of Jesus, and we return you from whence we came. Whence it came, we bind the spirits of bondage, spirits of fear, spirits of hate, spirits of heaviness in Jesus' name. And we release the peace of God upon the people of God in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. We're ready to go. Well, our featured song for this evening's worship service, just a moment, thanks. I got to adjust something. Thank you, and I pardon. Please pardon the interruption. Brother Bill, could you um, post the uh, dream protocol, please? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Our featured psalm is Psalm 103 for tonight. And our 
verse for meditation comes from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 31. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 31. And our ebook is Christians and Halloween Bible Study. Christians and Halloween Bible Study. Amen. Our guest calling number remains area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. Area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. Amen. So tonight, we're going to talk about a new view. A new view. Amen. A new view. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Amen. In Matthew chapter 22, beginning with verse 37, Matthew chapter 22, beginning with verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. They're attached. They're connected. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The Hebrew word, For sin literally means to miss the mark. It means to miss the mark. Sin is missing the mark of God's holiness. Amen? Sin is missing the mark of God's holiness. Some of us fall shorter than others. But every one of us falls far short of his righteous standard. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Despite what some would have us to believe, there is such a thing as true moral guilt. Therefore, not all guilt feelings are invalid. Let me say that again. There is such a thing as true moral 
guilt. Therefore, not all guilt feelings are invalid because they may stem from a true condition. We don't do people a favor by telling them don't feel guilty when they are. If, in fact, according to God's word, they are guilty. Our determination should be a conscience that is cleansed of sin, not a conscience which is insensitive to sin. The unbeliever is alienated or detached and separated from God. Unbeliever is alienated, detached, and separated from God. The unbeliever is guilty before God. If the unbeliever experiences alienation, detachment, separation, guilt, and an overall sense of distance from God, the unbeliever is experiencing what is true. The unbeliever actually is fortunate to have such feelings, for they may eventually draw that one to Christ, the only one who can ultimately free them from their guilt. So please don't try to pray that off of them. When the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes on somebody, by all means, let them experience it. They need to. They feel bad. They need to feel bad. God's trying to deal with them. He's trying to get their attention. And you need to have asked for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit before you begin to pray. Amen. If the Holy Spirit is convicting somebody, don't go over there patting them on the shoulder. Oh, don't worry about it. No, God's trying to get their undivided attention. It helps when we stay in our lane, saints. Amen. You know, you go to a funeral, and there are members there. You know, without anybody telling you, that those people are so far from God, it's not funny. But instead of allowing them to go through the emotions that they are experiencing, so that they can realize that they're going to die too and what is going to happen to them when they die. Where are they going to go? You see, that's a very important time to get someone's attention because you know unbelievers don't believe in coming to church. They are compelled to come to church when somebody dies. So don't go over there trying to whisk away any guilt or, or um or conviction that they may feel. Think of the Holy Spirit's bringing to me one particular uh, funeral of the many that I've attended where this woman was a Christian. 
In fact, the funeral was held in her church, and it was her brother who passed away. And while he was in his last days, she had hard attitudes toward him and would not help him. However, in the pews, during the funeral service, she went over and crying and going on and on and on. And I was sitting right next to her, and I let her go on and on and on because she was wrong. And suddenly she had to come to terms with it. I did not in any way attempt to interfere with the work that the Holy Spirit was doing because he was at work. Amen. Praise the Lord. We want to remember what God wants us to do, not what we think we ought to do. When we as believers are living in sin and are therefore out of fellowship with God, we too experience alienation, separation feelings, and guilt. We cannot enjoy the benefits of our relationship with God. When we sense this condition, it can result in constructive or what is known as godly sorrow that leads us to deal properly with our sin. In Second Corinthians chapter 7, beginning with verse 8, Second Corinthians chapter 7, beginning with verse 8, It reads, for though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent, for I perceive that the same epistle or letter hath made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. You made the, you made the travel. You did, you did the distance. You went from sorrowful all the way through repentance. See, you can sit there and feel sorrowful for as long as you want to feel sorrowful. But if you don't move into repentance, you've lost a blessing. Amen. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner. Amen. For you were made sorry. After a godly manner, for godly sorrow, verse 10, worketh repentance. Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation and not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. They're just sorry and that's about it. And that usually doesn't last very long. You became sorrowful as God intended, and you were not harmed by any of us. You were not harmed by anybody. Why? 
because you needed to know you had done something wrong. You needed to come face-to-face with your crimes against God. Amen? Amen. So godly sorrow, which brings repentance, that leads us to salvation, leaves no regret. David provided us with one of the most vivid descriptions of stress in the entire word of God, Psalm 32. Psalm 32, beginning with verse 3. Psalm 32, beginning with verse 3. When I kept silent, when I didn't talk about my sin, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. I felt bad down on the inside, he said. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me, and my moisture or my my strength was taken from me and was turned into the drought of summer. All of his strength left him. Think about that. You know how in summer... Some of us, you don't live in those kind of climates, but here we do. It gets so hot that you can barely breathe. You can't do a thing. And if you don't stop, you'll hurt yourself. You'll do yourself harm. I acknowledge my sin unto thee. And mine iniquity have I not hid. I didn't do a bad thing and just mope around like nothing had happened. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. David said that he acknowledged his sin to the Lord, and he didn't cover up his sin. And God forgave the guilt of his sin. David's health deteriorated during this time. He spent his days sighing and groaning and whining and complaining, alienated from God and was left depleted because of unresolved sin in his life. Unresolved sin. Not all stress comes from sin, but sin is a powerful source of stress. But there was a solution to David's sin problem, and there's a solution to our sin problems as well. If we confess, as it states in 1 John 1, 9, 1 John 1, 9. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. David confessed to the Lord the sin that was weighing him down and experienced forgiveness from the guilt that plagued him. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. However, we need to all remember that there are consequences to whatever we do in this life. If we do rightly, there are consequences. If we do badly, there are consequences. Amen. And we must learn to face them. Amen. Praise the Lord. The rest of Psalm 32, we're going to Psalm 32, beginning with verse 1. In Psalm 32, it makes it clear that the stress was removed when the sin was dealt with. That very bad, uncomfortable feeling was removed when the sin, the S-I-N, was dealt with. Two, verse one. Let me turn there. Wouldn't help if I went there. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile nor deceit. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord counts not sin. Your account comes clean. Sin isn't still on the record. Amen? David was forgiven for a host of sins, including adultery and murder. Notice that he had an accurate perception of reality. Let me emphasize this. David had an accurate perception of reality. Don't, but David did. He felt guilty when he was guilty. And he felt clean and forgiven when he was clean and forgiven. If we break God's law, as all of us do, we are guilty whether or not we feel guilty. Likewise, once our sins are dealt with in Jesus Christ, We are forgiven, whether or not we feel forgiven. 
I cannot remember one day where I woke up and said, I feel single. Well, I've never felt single. I am single. I've never woken up one day and said, well, I feel divorced. Well, I don't. I've never been divorced. Amen? Praise the Lord. Many Christians do not feel forgiven after they have asked for God's forgiveness. So if you're going to walk around in your feelings, you're not going to walk in truth. If you're going to walk around in your feelings, you're not going to walk in truth. And the only way to walk in truth with the spirit of truth is to walk in the word of God, not your feelings. Praise the Lord. So many Christians do not feel forgiven after they have asked for God's forgiveness. They suffer not from true guilt, but from residual guilt that saddles and weighs down their souls. We'll call her Molly, this Christian. Because right now, I don't think we have a Molly in the ministry, so I use this name. Molly, though she has confessed and genuinely repented of her adultery, she lives in a self-inflicted purgatory. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you meditate on that. Till you get the full understanding. Though she has confessed and genuinely repented of her adultery, she lives in a self-inflicted purgatory. She's in this place in her heart and mind where she's got to get good enough to be let out. She is convinced that God cannot forgive her despite his word's assurance that he has. says he has forgotten Molly's sin and has buried it in the deepest sea. Wow. Well, that's what God says about it. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34. Jeremiah, Old Testament, chapter 31, verse 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. What did God say? I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. 
You know, some people, after they've been forgiven, they want to go in their prayer closets and try to remind God of what he has deliberately decided not to remember. Why would you want to treat God that way? He has made a decision not to remember that awful thing you did, whatever it was, but you want to go into your prayer closet and keep drudging it up over and over and over. You want him to remember it. Oh, you're just going to you're gonna talk about it so much that there's, that's all you talk about. Why? He's already decided that he's not going to remember it. You can't make him remember it. Why? Why would you do such? I'll let you answer that. I'll let you answer that. Amen? Let's go to Micah. Micah chapter 7, verse 19. Micah. Micah chapter 7. Verse 19. Micah chapter 7, verse 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Amen? You know, it helps when you read the word and believe the word. But Molly, just like the dog who digs up his old bones to chew on them some more, won't let her sin lie where God has buried it. She refuses to accept the atonement. Instead, she tries to repeat it. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he said, it is finished. Do you suppose that you could let God have the last word on the matter? The word translated, it is finished, commonly written across certificates of debt. It meant paid in full. God insisted on paying it all. God has seen us at our very worst and still loves us. None of our sins, past, present, or future, are hidden from his sight. That's the truth. There's nothing that you could do that he can't see. Even if you went to hell, he can see everything you do. No skeleton will fall out of our closets in eternity. God is on our side. As Romans 
chapter 8, verse 31 reminds us. So, what are we going to do in response to all this that God has done for us? Verse 31, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Well, sometimes that someone is us. And it's up to us to do something about it. Uh Amen. Jesus is our defense attorney. In 1 John chapter 2 verse 1, 1 John chapter 2 verse 1, we read, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So, no matter what dirt anyone attempts to throw at us, it won't stick. Our righteousness, as we have learned, is God. Christ. Remember, we talked about being in him. We have the nesting bowl example. In him. We are totally, absolutely, unconditionally cleaned and cleared of all of our sins. Jesus suffered for our sins. He became sin for us. Amen. He became sin for us. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that we could be made free from sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 18 says, Being then made free from sin, we became the servants of righteousness. Amen? By refusing, Jesus suffered for our sins, so we would not have to. By refusing to accept his provision, We imply both that he died in vain and that we are good enough to pay our own way to heaven. That's one way of trampling on the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? I think we can understand that. 
Amen. I think we can understand that. Praise the Lord. Now, there are other people who are plagued by what is called false guilt. False guilt is different from residual guilt. It's much the same, but it is still different. Guilt is a self-condemning, self-punishing response to things for which we are not and never have been truly guilty. False guilt is purely in our own imagination. But its effects on us are very painful and very real. Let me say this again. False guilt is purely in our imagination. Many, as children, have experienced this when their parents are having uh, marital or relational or communication difficulties the child begins to assume that it's their fault for some reason. Child doesn't have anything to do with it. It's between two people who are supposed to be adults. Some of you did that as children. See, let me explain something about the when you were a child thing. Some people took snapshots in their minds of situations that happened when they were a child. And you drug that same photo album into adulthood, and you've been dragging it along with you all these many decades. But you see, if you opened up that photo album and looked at those pictures, you would find out they were all out of focus because the picture was taken from a child's point of view, not from an accurate perception of reality. I'm going to let that sink in. A lot of those pictures, memories that you hold on to, were out of focus to begin with because they were taken from a child's perspective. Amen? Remember we talked about that that garbage can where the collector comes by at least once a week, hopefully, and makes a collection. Many of you need to take that photo album in your mind and deposit it right there. You need an accurate perception of reality. Amen. Yes, I know, but it's the truth. Amen. Have you ever driven by a policeman 
when you weren't doing anything wrong, yet your heart was pounding, your muscles were tight, your breathing was accelerated. You reacted as if you were guilty even when you weren't. That's false guilt. False guilt may stem from what is termed poor self-esteem. In other words, deception in your mind and heart about who you really are. Perfectionism, another form of deception, or from unrealistic self-expectation. Unrealistic self-expectation. These unrealistic expectations are learned in our early years, maybe from home or school or church or any number of places. Sometimes they are simply a part of our own demanding perfectionist personalities. Well, guess what? You've been redeemed. You have been redeemed. It's time to make a change. So this kind of demanding perfectionist personality is very hard on itself. Some of you have spirits of perfectionism. Yes, you do. Uh Uh-huh. Be truthful with yourself. It's got to be just so. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. It doesn't have to be where you came from. It can just be you. But I'll say again, you have been redeemed. Beneath these unrealistic expectations is often a sense of conditional approval. Not unconditional, conditional approval. If I succeed in doing all these things, then God will love me. Others will love me, and perhaps I will even love myself. The person, the Christian, the believer who struggles most from false guilt than the one concerned about pleasing others and earning their favor, proving to them and to themselves that they are worthy. Now I'm going to have to step in here and make a comment before I get to the next thing I want to say. There are Christian women who have heard some kind of a message about the Proverbs 31 woman. Let me say this. God is not requiring you to be the Proverbs 
31 woman. God is requiring you to be the woman that he has created you to be. Well, what do you mean by that? You know exactly what I mean. Amen? You know exactly what I mean. See, I've been to some of these meetings. And what the women end up with, this list from Proverbs 31, verse 10, all the way through 31. And then they think they're, this is what they leave thinking they're supposed to do. They're supposed to use that as a yardstick, and they're supposed to measure their life against it. That's not anybody's job. You're supposed to live your life to please the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Verse 14, let me give you an example. She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. Well, I don't do that. I go right up the street to the grocery store, no further. You get my point? Amen. Verse 19, she layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't weave. I don't make thread. I do something else. I do a craft, but I don't do that. You're supposed to be not necessarily who your mother was or your aunt or some other somebody. You're supposed to be the person that God made you to be, and that's the only somebody you're supposed to be, be ye male or female. I use this example because it it happens so frequently. Let me put it that way. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I think you get my point. Guilt many times is common for Christians. They are expected always to be godly, submissive, cheerful, organized, and perfect in every way. Well, let me explain something to you. There are no perfect humans on this planet. No, not one. So you can stop that right now. There's a garbage can. Throw that in there. The knows that they're not, they don't meet this image that they have stuck in their mind from someplace. There's this gap between their expectations and reality. And the result is this false guilt. You're wearing a yoke that doesn't belong to Jesus. He says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. So my question is, what are you doing? What are you doing? Male or female, what are you doing? Are you placing pressures and burdens on yourself that the Lord doesn't have a thing to do with? Nothing. 
Are you allowing someone else to put burdens on you that shouldn't be there at all? Huh. That's a good question. It deserves a good answer. So let's go down this street. Single parent, male or female, may feel guilty because their child is growing up without the other parent. Okay, let me explain something. You can't put a seed in the ground and grow a parent by next week. It's not going to happen. So you need to get off that thing that, uh, you know, this idea that comes into your mind. I need to find somebody so my child can have the other parent. That's a good way to sin. And so you have this this self-contrived and maybe pressured from other people idea that you need to be doing something other than what God actually wants you to do. So now you started to fashion your life to go find somebody that God doesn't want you looking for to begin with. And just as sure as you do, you're going to get in trouble. The Bible says, when my mother or father forsake me, the Lord himself will take me up. God is in charge of the parenthood ministry, not you. The Lord God himself sees fit to provide an, another parent. He'll do that. He didn't tell you to go fishing for one. He did not tell you to go fishing for one. You see, you're, you're operating under a self-imposed mandate. That mandate did not come from the throne of God. So it actually has no validity in the earth. Amen? Why don't you let God run the show and you stay in your lane? Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Then... And then you want to sit up here and have this guilt. Well, you know, his daddy died, and he needs a man to show him how to be a man. No, God made him male to grow from boyhood to manhood. And if you let God do it, he'll mature him into manhood. It helps when you stay in your lane. Amen? Then we have abused people. They somehow feel responsible for their abuser's behavior. I know I've heard them go around and apologize for their abusive spouse or their abusive relative as if somehow it's automatically their fault. I heard a woman on blog talk many years ago. Her husband had been physically abusive to her. And when I talked to her, during the process of the conversation, she said it was all her fault. No, it wasn't. 
It was all his fault. No matter what was said between them, he had no business hitting her. Amen? That's just the way it is. That is just the way it is. You see, sometimes people expect too much of themselves. So much so to the point that they make themselves a doormat for somebody else to clean their feet on. That's a sin. Nowhere in the Bible does it require you to be a doormat. We'll call this person Amos. I don't think there's anybody named Amos in the ministry right now, so I feel free to use Amos. Amos apologizes for absolutely positively everything. If the bread is a little overdone, or if Amos has to stay home from church to help take care of the children, or if they have to excuse themselves to do something for one of the children, Amos says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But Amos doesn't confine this to little things. It don't matter that everyone understands anyway. So what are you apologizing for? Amos says, I'm sorry about the weather, about the football game, about your headache, about anything and everything that is less than perfect. Mm-hmm. And Amos doesn't just mean, I feel bad for you. Amos actually feels responsible for the things totally beyond his control. So Amos lives under a cloud of false guilt. I used Molly before, so I used Amos this time. Conviction. (laughs) Yep. You know God's talking to you. Well, let's go to Estelle. Estelle says that she went to see her doctor with terrible stomach ulcers. She put it off far too long because she couldn't bear to admit that she, as a Christian, had ulcers. Hmm. Ironically, her ulcers were made far worse because she felt so guilty for having them. Her doctor, who was a Christian, shocked her with his response. I find that a higher percent of my patients who are Christians have ulcers than those who are non-Christian. Why? Mm. The answer may lie in unrealistic expectations. We set unattainable goals and then punish ourselves for not reaching them. You make a list of 15 things to do, and it's the holiday season. All the kids are out of school. Traffic is backed up to you know where, and you only got five of them done, but you're, you're all over yourself because you didn't get the 15 things done. Can we be serious and fair? Feel guilty about anything. Gomer. 
Gomer said that he felt guilty for being happy. Gomer went to the men's Bible study group where everyone was going through hard times and he wasn't. So Gomer felt guilty, so guilty, in fact, that he wouldn't even share the wonderful things that God was doing in his life because he didn't want to make everyone else feel bad. So the men's Bible study lost praise reports that would have encouraged him. How about that? Can you imagine? We in this ministry have counseled many persons who have a bad case of, I should have. I should have called. I should have kept that boy from climbing that tree. I have never seen anybody keep a child from climbing a tree that they were determined to climb. Mostly the child comes down when the child wants to or when they lose their balance and fall out of the tree. That's what I've noticed. I should have gone here. I should have gone to the wedding. I should have made it to this, that, or the other. And the list just goes on and on and on and on. It just never ends. Some stop thinking I should have long enough to think I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have said no. I shouldn't have bought that outfit. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have, and I shouldn't have. Well, Ursula. We're going to talk about Ursula now. There's nobody in the ministry right now named Ursula. Ursula is a missionary who loves to get letters from home. Ursula goes into a guilt tailspin every time she gets lots of letters because I'm so far behind in writing back to so many people. Ursula could write one letter to everyone that says, I love all your letters and I wish I could write back more often. But I know you understand that I'm really here to reach people. They need me to bring Jesus more than you need me to write. Please keep sending those letters. They mean so much to me. Does common sense reign? Ivy. Ivy felt terribly guilty for backing off from a person who was emotionally needy, simply wanted her attention. But Ivy was busy ministering to other persons, not to mention her own family. Ivy finally had to accept the fact that there just wasn't enough of her to go around to everyone who thought they needed her. She was not being selfish, just realistic. So Ivy went out of her way to encourage a few others to help this needy person. She had been caring and responsible. There was no real or valid reason for her to feel guilty. 
You see, saints, true guilt can be confessed and dealt with. False guilt, well, think about it. Jesus died for our real sins not our imaginary one. I recommend that when you have this little voice that comes, that you haven't applied 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 to yet, do what Jesus said. Talk about the truth, the truth of forgiveness. Let's start with 1 Peter 5, 7. 1 Peter 5, 7. God cares for you. All your care upon him because he cares for you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Think about that. Cast all your care upon the Lord. Amen. Think about that. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't been doing it the way you're supposed to. But now's a good time to change that. Amen. Now's a very good time to change that. Amen. That's the truth. You can keep on thinking because God's talking to you. Now, God hears you. That's right. He can hear you. He can hear you. Psalm 34, verse 15. Psalm 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, his ears under their cry. Yes, it's the truth. God understands your weaknesses and invites you to come to him for mercy, grace, and help. Really? Yes. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a moment to get there. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ah, let's remember this. In Psalm 55, verse 22, remember that long list of things you're going to do with all that traffic, and you know how it inches along because everybody's trying to do the same things at one time. Psalm 55, verse 22, cast thy burden where? Upon the Lord. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. 
shall sustain thee. It didn't say anything. Amen. About you feeling guilty. It does say, however, in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 20, Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burdens shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Ah, for the grace of God. Amen. Oh, the grace of God. He says to us that his grace is sufficient for us. It would be good if we believed him. Jesus committed no sin, but he experienced a great deal of stress. He angrily tossed out the money changers on their ear. In John chapter 2, verse 15, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled and wept at the death of his friend Lazarus. In the Gospel of John, chapter 11, beginning with verse 33. John, chapter 11, beginning with verse 33. When Jesus, therefore, saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. He was stirred to compassion by the plight of the multitudes. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Amen. Matthew chapter 23, Matthew chapter 23, beginning with verse 37. Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. You see, Jesus cried out over his beloved Jerusalem that had rejected him. Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Amen. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till I, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Jesus had a lot of agony to deal with as he faced the cross. Luke chapter 22, beginning with verse 42. You see, you're not the only one that's met with stress. Jesus did too. Two, beginning with verse 42. 
saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. See, the harder it got, the more he prayed. The harder it got, the tougher it got, the more he prayed. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. If you're tempted to think that stress is a synonym for sin, do remind yourself how much stress the sinless Son of God endured and that he did it all for us. Yes, he did. He did it all for us. A lot has been said in our day about self-esteem to the point that we now live in a cult of self-centeredness, cult of self-centeredness. In Matthew 22, Jesus was trying to say to us that we should love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. He simply acknowledges the existence of self-love, something very, very different than teaching it is a virtue to be cultivated. Because what the world has done, and a lot of the church too, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me, centered around me. To the point that some churches have closed because they couldn't find people who would forget about themselves long enough to do a ministry. They didn't want to go down in the basement and help out in the nursery, even though they had children. And we won't go on and on about that one. So, in Ephesians 5, God says that husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. But God does not say, hey, husband, you need to really love on your own body. He did not say that. You see, it's taken for granted that the person who loves their body will take care of it. They'll feed it, they'll put clothes on it, they'll do self-care, personal hygiene, all of these kinds of things. They will make provisions. In other words, they'll take care of themselves. So, we're not commanded to dote on ourselves. But we are commanded and encouraged to love and to whatever degree we are called to, to take care of others as we take care of ourselves. 
You see, we now have a culture full to the brim, running over, gushing out of vain, self-centered people. That's not what Jesus called for. We would do better to realize that to love God above everything else will result in a greater love for our neighbor and our own ultimate good. We will experience eternal reward for loving God and loving our neighbor. To obey God is always in our ultimate self-interest, for God rewards those who earnestly or seriously seek him out, who diligently seek him, as Hebrews 11.6 says. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. It doesn't mean putting ourselves first, 100% of the time. It does not mean that we should neglect the pursuit of God or neglect our due service to others. I think we understand. Amen. The Bible does tell us not to think more highly than we ought to. Of ourselves. But that's another word. God isn't looking for people that are preoccupied with their own worth, their own entitlements, and their own privileges. God's looking for a different kind of person. And we'll find that person in Psalm 51, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh, God, you will not despise. Psalm 51, verse 17. And Isaiah 57, verse 15. Isaiah, verse 57 and 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I will dwell in the high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. All right? Amen. Praise the Lord. There is a difference, saints, between who you are and who you think you are. I know that's shocking, but it's the truth. So we're we're going to move on in our little discussion, and we want everyone, regardless of your age, to realize there's a difference between who you really are and your own self-image of yourself. Amen. It's real. Self is who you really are. Your self-image is who you think. Who we are determines, to a large extent, where we're going. Uh Uh-huh, that's right. And who we think we are 
to a large extent, determines how we live. So, Scripture does teach us that human beings stand condemned before God. Apart from Jesus Christ, we are guilty, and therefore, we don't have the best, as the world calls it, self-esteem. Uh-huh. Amen. So do know that guilty people, that we attempt to show people that are experiencing guilt or conviction, as we call it sometimes, how they can be made righteous by receiving Jesus Christ. Amen? We need to understand some things about human nature. We are not basically good people. We are not. We are sinners in desperate need of grace. But the bottom line is God offers that grace. He cleanses us from our guilt, and in so doing, he gives us the ultimate and the only valid basis for a positive self-image. We are in him. We are, whatever we are, in him. Declared us not guilty, he says there is no condemnation for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. They live according to the word. Once that has happened, we should not feel guilty because, in fact, we are no longer guilty. Instead, we are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We are made acceptable and commendable in the sight of a holy God. Amen? There's three mindsets that I want to cover tonight before we close our conversation. The first mindset says, I am more important than others. My ideas are always better. My insights are more profound. My work more skillful. Without me, my family, my church would crumble. I am indispensable. If I die tomorrow, the world would shut down. God needs me on his team, and his work could hardly go on without me. I will always do my best to see that I get all that's coming to me. That's the first mindset. The second mindset is, I am a failure, a loser, as I have always been. I like the personality, the good looks, the brains, the wealth. I will never be as good as others. I can't do anything right. Nobody likes me. And those that seem to must be pretending. I am of no use to God. I'm not worthwhile person and probably never will be. Now, if your mind is being transformed by the word of God, this is how you should sound. I am imperfect, yes, but I am immeasurably valuable to God. 
He specially created me in his image, and I am unique. Jesus Christ loved me enough to die for me and did not consider it a waste. As a Christian, I'm a child of God, clothed with Jesus Christ's righteousness. God is on my side. According to his promise, I will spend eternity with him. God has seen me at my worst and still loves me. Regardless of how I feel about myself and how I think others feel about me, I am a precious human being. I am totally secure. In Jesus Christ's unconditional and unfailing love. And as long as he keeps me here, my life has purpose and meaning. Amen? Amen. You are not a child of God, saint, because you do everything just right. You are a child of God because fully aware of all your faults and sins, He has made an irrevocable promise to be your father. God's love for you cannot be earned and therefore cannot be lost. Once you truly understand this, you will experience real security and rest in his love. Amen? Amen. I pray that you got something out of this. I pray that you recast it. I pray that you grow in it. I pray that you play it over and over and over again until it sinks deep into your spirit and this word becomes flesh in you. Amen? Amen. I pray that you allow this word to become flesh in you. Amen? Amen. For you, that you allow this word to become flesh in you. I know there are those of you that if you have not, are going to need to repent. Why? Because God was talking to you about you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So we know that God loves us. At least I hope by now that we do. And that he cares for us. Amen. I hope that we take God seriously and we let this word sink into our hearts tonight. You see, there are a lot of us who prefer to deal with the tree leaves instead of allowing God to uproot the roots of the problems in our lives. We just want the problem to stop right now. And God wants to do a deeper work. So, saints, let him do it. Amen? 
let him do it. Let him do the deeper work in you. Praise the Lord. Let him do the deeper work in you. Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. Mhm. Okay. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Um, I and the Holy Spirit is indicating to me that for someone's sake, I need to read something to you. Now, some of you, as I was saying earlier, have never read the introduction to the worship service. It's posted every Wednesday and every Friday in the chat room. And so I'm going to read just certain things to you because you ought to know. And I encourage you to go back and read all of it. Welcome to Miracle Internet Church Radio Chat Room. We deeply appreciate the prayers of support and spiritual warfare Offered to the Lord on our behalf. Sexual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Thank you, Dr. Sabrina, Brother Marshall, and Brother Bill. Amen. Thank you to all of our listeners and supporters for your faithfulness to this ministry. Tithes, offerings, and gifts of support are received on this website under... There's a heading right across the banner, Giving at Miracle Internet Church. All such which is sent by mail must be made out to Miracle Outreach Ministries. The bank is very serious concerning this matter because that's how the bank has us listed, Miracle Outreach Ministries. May the Lord supply all your need according to your riches in glory in Jesus Christ. Amen the Lord. So we've already covered the fact that you can email me. Amen. Miracle Internet Church does not endorse, advertise, or recommend any other deliverance ministry or their activities or any ministry website, materials, writings, or publications that have not been approved by Dr. Pastor Sabrina Sessions. This ministry does not give medical endorsements. Our policy is to provide ministry to those who are not affiliated with any other deliverance ministry. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm not going to read all of them, but I am going to read the ones that the Holy Spirit is bringing my attention to. Amen. Now, there's a warning given. Warning. That means to examine, to investigate, or evaluate in a thorough or expert way. Saints. You are not allowed to take persons or practices or customs or traditions into your personal life which have not been vetted by God, the Holy Spirit. I'll read it again. Vet means 
No, it doesn't mean to take the dog to see what's wrong with him. Vet means to examine, to investigate, or evaluate in a thorough or expert way. Saints, you are not allowed to take persons or practices or customs or traditions into your personal life which have not been vetted by God, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I'm glad you understood. Amen. I'm glad that you understood. Praise God. It's important to understand what God wants us to do. Very important. So if you go around just doing whatever you feel like, uh, you're in trouble. I would suggest you get out of trouble as fast as you can. Amen? Amen. If you just do whatever you feel like doing, that's not the way God does things. Amen? That's not his way. So we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. In a recent announcement, Dr. Garth Graham YouTube's Global Head of Health indicated that fresh attempts are being made to censor even more content on the Google-owned video streaming platform, making politicians their own protected class. And shadow banning unapproved content is just not cutting it anymore, Graham suggested. YouTube Health has been working on additional ways to help doctors, nurses, mental health professionals, and healthcare information providers bring high-quality health information into the spaces that people visit throughout their day, like their favorite video sharing app, Graham wrote in a blog post. The new plan involves allowing certain approved medical professionals to be labeled as certified or reliable on the platform. That way, viewers know that they are authoritative sources, Graham revealed. Any YouTube user, physician or otherwise, who spreads anything deemed as medical misinformation will not receive the certified or reliable label. Without that label, Graham said the other higher-ups at YouTube hope that viewers will pass on by and look for something else to watch. The way a doctor can receive YouTube certification or reliable label is by submitting his or her medical license to the tech giant and swearing to follow the best practices set forth by groups like the Council of Medical Specialty Society, the National Academy of Medicine, ah, get this one, and the World Health Organization. These three agencies, Graham further explains, were directly involved in coming up with a new scheme. You bet they were. The three entities developed these principles outlining key aspects of information sharing, he said. 
in addition to submitting one's medical license and swearing to spread only government-approved health information, doctors and medical professionals on YouTube will also need to maintain an account in good standing and follow certain other mandates. In the coming months, eligible channels that have applied through this process will be given a health source information panel that identifies them as a licensed healthcare professional, and their videos will appear in relevant search results in health content shells, Graham explained. As you may recall, YouTube was already playing doctor before this when the platform censored interviews between popular podcaster Joe Rogan and cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough, whom we have covered here on many occasions throughout the Wuhan coronavirus scandemic. That interview between Rogan and McCullough received a medical misinformation stamp by YouTube, which decided what was said is not credible or reliable or authoritative. YouTube was also caught censoring videos throughout the pandemic that questions the legitimacy of lockdowns and mass mandates, including those that presented actual science to back their claims. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky was not only censored, but banned, he's a MD, by the way, by YouTube, merely suggesting that face veils are not effective at curtailing the spread of the falsy flu, something U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, also said later. Well, why wasn't the CDC's YouTube accounted account labeled as misinformation. To this very day, YouTube continues to censor videos and accounts that suggest hydrochloroquine and ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin can help safely treat or prevent coronavirus symptoms. From now on, YouTube plans to censor or remove all content that promotes diagnostic information that contradicts local health authorities or the World Health Organization. In essence, YouTube has made itself the world's doctor. Anyone who uses the platform to adhere to all it to its all-seeing, all-knowing dictates about medicine and health no matter how misguided and unscientific its physicians. As destructive and malicious as this is, it could prove extremely useful, wrote a commentator about YouTube's new censorship plans. Once implemented, we will know that all medical information posted on YouTube is certified bull squat. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning Joe Biden's recent executive order titled 
advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing innovation for a sustainable, safe, and secure American bioeconomy. That's a lot of words, isn't it? Highlights the federal government's alarming pivot towards a transhuman direction, argues Dr. Joseph Mercola of Children's Health Defense. In Biden's executive order, a fast-track pipeline of mRNA shots, gene therapies, gene engineering technologies, and other unconventional techniques are being established to create augmented humans and bring us into a post-human world, Dr. McCullough states. Specifically mentioned in the order is the government's intention to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology in the same way in which we write software and program computers, including various genetic technologies which would unlock the power of biological data through computing tools and artificial intelligence. Additionally, additionally, hold on a second. Additionally, uh, uh, obstacles, for commercial commercializ, commercialization will be reduced so that innovative technologies and products can reach markets faster, Dr. McCola notes. Earlier this year, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, partook in a COVID-19 vaccine booster campaign in which they call for Vaxol the update by receiving booster injections, likening their immune systems to batteries that they need to recharge. According to Dr. Mercola, the advertisement campaign could serve as evidence that we've officially entered the era of transhumanism. In addition to COVID-19 vaccines, mRNA flu shots, are currently being developed by Pfizer. You know these people want money. And may be released for public use in 2023, along with mRNA technology that utilizes self-amplifying RNA. Dr. Mercola also notes that Moderna is currently developing an annual mRNA injection that is intended to cover 10 viruses including COVID-19. Its current flu jab candidate, mRNA, encodes for the hemagglutin, glutenin, or HA, glycoproteins of four different influenza strains, including influenza A, H1N1, A, H3N2, influenza B, Yamagata and B. Victoria, writes Dr. Mercola. During Biden's cancer moonshot speech in September, the president himself announced that his administration will be looking to use such mRNA gene therapies to prevent cancer in the near future. 
To prevent cancer, scientists are exploring whether mRNA vaccine technologies that brought us safe and effective, even though it's killing, COVID-19 vaccines. I think that's what they mean by safe and effective. It killed a lot of people. Can be used to stop cancer cells when they first arise, Biden said. Imagine molecular zip could deliver drugs and gene therapy precisely to the right tissue. Imagine simple blood tests during an annual physical that could detect cancer early for the chance of the cure or best. According to Dr. McCullough, transhumanism calls for transcending biology through technology and melding human biology with technology and artificial intelligence. With mRNA technology specifically serving as the basis for this objective. Dr. McCullough stresses the importance of knowing whether such synthetic RNA creates permanent changes to the human genome, noting that synthetic genes are patented. Mm. Hat to him, this raises questions about what role the patent owners would play in the future or what rights they would have over other patented synthetic genes. One particular point that Dr. Mercola has raised is the prospect that the U.S. Defense Department, DOD, aims to create human cyborg, as evident in their report titled Cyborg Soldier 2050, Human-Machine Fusion, and the implications for the future of the DOD. The primary objective of this effort was to forecast and evaluate the military implications of machines that are physically integrated with the human body to augment and enhance human performance over the next 30 years. This report summarizes this assessment and findings identifies four potential military use cases for new technologies in this area and assesses their impact upon the DOD organizational structure, warfare doctrine and tactics, and interoperability with U.S. allies and civil society, the report states. Human augmentation technologies deemed technically feasible by 2050 at the latest include ocular enhancements to improve sight and situational awareness, optogenic body suits to restore or improve muscular strength and control, auditory enhancements, and neural enhancements of the brain for two-way data transfers and brain-to-brain communication, Dr. McCullough says of the report. Dr. McCullough references a shockingly dystopian report by the U.K. Ministry of Defense and the German Bundeswehr Office for Defense Planning titled Human Augmentation, the Dawn of a New Paradigm, a, strategy, a Strategic Implications Project. On page 12 of the report, the concept of the human body described. 
and how various parts of the human platform can be augmented, Dr. Mokola writes, pointing to described technological enhancements of physical, social, and, and psychological performance. They list several, several different ways to influence the physical, psychological, and social performance of the human platform, including genetics, germline and somatic modification, synthetic biology, invasive, internal, and non-invasive external brain interfaces, passive and powered exoskeletons, drugs and nanotechnology, neurostimulation, augmented reality technologies, such as external holograms or glasses with built-in artificial intelligence and sensory augmentation technologies, such as external sensors or implants, Dr. Mercola. As noted in this report, human augmentation has the potential to change the meaning of what it means to be human. This is precisely what Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, has stated is the goal of the fourth industrial revolution, he added. It's about the merger of man and machine, writes Dr. McCola. This is a dystopian future that the World Economic Forum and its global allies are actively trying to implement, whether humanity at large agrees with it or not. Amen. Thank you, Father. And thank you to the righteous judge. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning former President Luis De, De, Lula da Silva clinched victory over his right-wing rival, Bolsonaro, in a tightly contested second round of the Brazilian election on Sunday. The country's election authority announced Lula's narrow win with 50.9% of the vote to Bolsonaro's 49.1%. This isn't a victory of mine, he said, or the Workers' Party. It's the victory of a democratic movement that formed above political parties' personal interests and ideologies so that democracy came out victorious, Lulu told a cheering crowd of supporters in San Paulo on Sunday night. The president-elect acknowledged that following such a tight race, a challenge to his future mandate will be immense and stressed that it is necessary to rebuild the very soul of this country, recover generosity, solidarity, respect for differences, and love for others. Yah, yah, yah. Bolsonaro has yet to publicly concede defeat. The incumbent repeatedly warned during his campaign that he would contest the results if he were to lose by a narrow margin calling into question the reliability of Brazil's 
electronic voting system. After polls close nationwide at 5 p.m. local time, 8 p.m. global GMT, I forgot which one that's called. Initial results show ball scenario ahead. However, just as in the first round, his lead eventually narrowed as more votes from De Silva's strongholds were counted. And the first round on October 2nd, De Silva received over 48% of the vote, which was not enough to claim immediate victory. Bolsonaro was warned that the steal was on. Yeah, they're doing it again. Bolsonaro's campaign slogan has been God, family, homeland, and liberty. His vision of Brazil's future includes privatizing the country's state-owned oil company, opening the Amazon region to more mining, and easing gun regulations. In the run-up to the showdown, the rivals repeatedly traded insults during campaign events. In a televised debate on October 17th, Lula called Bolsonaro a tiny little dictator and pledged to defend freedom and democracy. The incumbent fired back calling Lula a national embarrassment due to the corruption scandals that took place when Lula's Workers' Party was in power. Under far-right President J.R. Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro, we've grown from a dispartite group of pro-gun enthusiasts into a political juggernaut with their own movement and agenda. A former Army officer Bolsonaro has turned gun rights into a centerpiece of his bid to win re-election on October 2nd. But he also unleashed a movement that will likely outlive him. Pro-gun activists have turned the debate over guns into one with distinctly U.S. overtones and created a lobbying group for pro-armers explicitly fashioned after the NRA. Among their goals is to pass the equivalent of a Second Amendment enshrining the right to bear arms. This sea change under Bolsonaro as he expanded gun access to an unprecedented level is astounding. Since he took office in 2019, the number of guns in civilian hands has tripled to 2 million, while the number of registered registered gun owners has increased threefold to 1.5.6 million, according to the Sudapaz Institute, which tracks gun violence in Brazil. And one of the most violent countries in Latin America, civilian gun owners now outnumber the police and military combined. The Pandora's box has been opened, and I don't see it going back said Robert Mugga, a security expert at the some institute in Rio Janeiro, Janeiro, a think tank focused on security and justice. Bolsonaro and his family and his most ardent supporters have supercharged the pro-arms movement in this country. The number of guns in the hands of Bolsonaro supporters has fueled concerns of civil unrest 
if Bolsonaro refuses to accept election results, as he has suggested he might. Bolsonaro is a fan of former U.S. President Donald Trump, questions the reliability of the electoral system without proof, and says he wants the armed forces to oversee the vote counting in October's presidential election. His opponent, former President DeSalva, is leading in the polls. September 5th, Supreme Electoral Court Minister Edison Fauchin took the extraordinary step of temporarily suspending ordinances that make it easier to buy guns, citing a risk of political violence in the lead-up to the election. That risk, the judge wrote, makes the need to restrict access to weapons and ammunition extremely and exceptionally important. In 2003, Brazil's Congress was just months away from passing a landmark disarmament bill tightening restrictions for owning and carrying guns. Alarmed pro-gun groups in Brazil invited NRA lobbyist Charles Cunningham to strategize with them. Two years later, in 2005, when Brazilians voted on a measure to ban the sale of guns to civilians, the proposal had the backing of the Brazilian government, the United Nations, the Roman Catholic Church, and early polls showed a large majority of Brazilians, but opinions quickly changed as the pro-gun camp put out ads that emphasized gun ownership as a symbol of freedom. One television ad featured Nelson Mandela and connected his fight for freedom to the idea that people should have the freedom to own guns. Another TV spot referred to the right to own a gun, although no such right exists in Brazil. We view Brazil as the opening salvo for the global gun control movement. If gun control weak proponents succeed in Brazil, America will be next. NRA spokesman Andrew Somebody told investigative journalism group Corp Watch a week before the vote. The measure was soundly rejected by more than 60% of the voters. Less than 20 years later, Brazil has one of the biggest handgun manufacturers in the world, Taurus, and has become a lucrative emerging market for American gun companies. On July 9th this year, some 3,000 gun enthusiasts showed up at a pro-gun rally in Brasilia, Brazil's capital. The demonstration was organized by pro-armas, the NRA-inspired lobbying group to demand a further loosening of gun restrictions. They marketed it as a rally for freedom. Since its founding in 2019, pro-guns has become an influential force in Brazil's Congress and has mobilized tens of thousands of passive gun owners into an enthusiastic voting bloc. These voters were now flying in from around the country to attend the rally. Mm-hmm. 
And they used one of Bolsonaro's quotes, an armed people will never be enslaved, with a picture of a semi-automatic rifle. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning Democrats and their state-level parties across the United States contracted with a data firm that used COVID-19 messaging ahead of the 2020 election to identify Republican swing voters who they found were more likely to comply with heavy-handed messaging about government restrictions. The firm, known as PredictWise, brags that it surveils hundreds of millions of Americans through cell phones to assign what they call COVID-19 decree violation scores, which utilize billions of global positioning systems, GPS, pings to get real-time, ultra-granular location patterns. PredictWise said it used this data to determine if recipients were more or less likely to vote for a Democrat. Those who followed COVID-19 lockdown policies were less likely to vote Democrat. The firm admits that Americans who were less compliant with stay-at-home lockdown mandates, or as they describe, those who were on the go more often than their neighbors were assigned a high COVID-19 decree violation score based on their highly sensitive personal cell phone data. Mm-hmm. It's real. According to PredictWise White Paper, several Democratic bodies across the U.S. use the knowledge they gain from their widespread surveillance for the 2020 election, effectively targeting over 350,000 lockdown-compliant GOP voters with specified pro-democratic COVID-19 propaganda. PredictWise found that Republican non-movers or compliers concern around COVID-19 and persuadability was almost as high as Democrats overall, the data gurus explained. And Republican non-movers over the age of 65 were more concerned about COVID-19 than Democrats. Respectively, lockdown-compliant citizens were designated a low COVID-19 decree violation score. Among PredictWise, high-profile left-wing clients are the Ohio Democratic Party, the Ohio Senate Democrats, Florida Democrats, South Carolina Democratic Party, North Dakota Democratic Party, Future Majority, and the Democratic National Committee. PredictWise openly credits itself for contributing to Senator Mark Kelly's victory in Arizona in a white paper on their website. The Arizona Dems coordinated campaign in support of now U.S. Senator Mark Kelly was able to deploy this real-time location model 
to open up just over 40,000 persuasion targets that normally would have fallen off, allowing them to give the right message to the right voter at the right time, Predict Wise wrote in their white paper. Last election cycle, Congressional, Senate, and Presidential Committees used PredictWise through the DNC, the firm explained, before noting that it's super PACs to push same-day registration in key states, key swing states, and Michigan. PredictWise also credits themselves for the only statewide red-to-blue flip in a Trump one state in Ohio. Elsewhere, PredictWise technology has been linked to the Chinese social credit score, and privacy-minded Americans have questioned how nakedly partisan company, how a nakedly partisan company was able to determine COVID-19 compliance scores for millions of Americans without their knowledge. Well, my, how could such a thing be? I guess now we know. So present these issues in the name that is above every name to the righteous judge for his adjudication. And we want to thank him for them. Amen. And now Brother Marshall is going to come and pray about the adjudication. Brother Marshall. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your mercy, Father. Extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary mercy. That even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood. Made just as if we never sinned. By what? By the blood of the Lamb. Made justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And you say the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I, God, have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. You said a lamp for a house. And you said, when I see the blood upon the houses where you are, the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Lord, you said you're going to judge all these things. So we carry all these things the Pastor Sabrina has just read through before your throne of grace in time of need. We think of that blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. We continue to cast all of our care upon you because you care for us. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise and honor and glory. We hold every thought captive and subject to the complete obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And you said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down the strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Because we know our battle is not against flesh and blood, like you point out in Ephesians chapter 6, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. But there's a high place higher than their little high places. Yet they may have their little high places, just like the people did back in the Old Testament. They went to their high places. God is in the highest place of all. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. So we come boldly before your throne of grace while we claim all the benefits of Psalm 91 over each and every one of us, over each and every one of these different situations. In Jesus' name. And he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Without any question, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the north and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust his truth. Shall be thy shield. We thank you for your shield, Lord, your protection, because of the blood of the covenant. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee, only with thine eye shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, we love you, Father, we love you, Jesus, we love you, Holy Ghost. We do trample on all those nasty things from our position, seated in heavenly places, all those plans and schemes and wiles of the enemy coming against each and every one of us, even the things trying to use YouTube to control people's thought processes and to certify what they deem to be appropriate information, even though uh, you like the fellow who had that uh, little thing on YouTube that they didn't like, uh, 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 Joe Rogan's thing with Dr. Peter, Peter McCullough, has a long-established career as a cardiologist, uh, very well-respected. Uh, but, of course, they don't match the, the perfect medical understanding of YouTube. So, Father God, we know our battle's not against the people at YouTube. They're controlled. They're pawns. They're people that are pawns. And, Father God, we bind every one of those ungodly spirits trying to control people's thinking contrary to you, what you want us to think. And you told us that the Holy Ghost grant us the gifts many different gifts, including the gifts of discernment. So we thank you for the spirit of adoption. We've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, deliver us all. He said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So we take the cup of salvation because of the blood of the covenant, and we call upon your name. Now that we do have the blood on the lintel and post of our doors and windows and every access to each one of us, including every electronic window, every computer, every phone, cell phone, uh, pad, iPad, whatever, uh, tablet, uh, laptop, whatever, every landline phone, every access to each and every one of us. We put the blood of Jesus over each and every one of us. We thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. We thank you for that righteousness, Lord. Where does that righteousness come from? Oh, it comes from who? From the creator of heaven and earth. He's the Holy One and the just. And we thank you for your righteousness, Lord. We give you praise and honor and glory for your abundance of grace and your gift of righteousness. The abundance of grace and gift of righteousness according to Romans chapter 5, verse 17. How does anybody become righteous? Because Jesus said only God is good. And Patrick Brina already pointed out kind of that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all desperately uh, want to be deemed to be okay in God's sight, not just man's sight, not just any particular pastor or politician or doctor, whatever kind of doctor, whether they're approved or unapproved doctors. We want to be approved by you, Lord. So how do we receive that? The abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness because of the blood of the Lamb. Because if we die with him, we shall also live with him. And we thank you for what you're teaching each of us, Lord, from our position seated in every place according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, according to Proverbs 18, 10, according to the end of Psalm 91, in Jesus' name. 
that we bind you, Satan. We bind you, the strong man. We bind everyone of your mind control spirits, all spirits behind psychological warfare, every spirit behind mass psychosis, all spirits behind ungodly fear, all spirits behind greed and mammon. Every spirit of mammon is bound, every spirit of greed and corruption, every unclean and perverse spirit behind pedophilia and every other thing that is being used to motivate people to do all kinds of nasty things in the so-called politically approved way, quote-unquote, in Jesus' name. We bind every spirit trying to control human DNA and human functioning. Because God said when he created Adam and Eve, he didn't say, oops, I made a boo-boo. No, no, no. He said good. Oh, he didn't just say good. He said very good. Oh, but there's some people that work with Klaus Schwab at the WEF who think they can make a much better job. They, They think of themselves as what? Oh, kind of like the Antichrist is supposed to be. They think of themselves as being God, the creator, because they think they can create a better human than God created. You know, I studied biology, and you know what? Embryology is absolutely amazing. You can take two little cells, and you can have something that's vastly different as a, a femur bone, which is pretty strong, and a little piece of mushy cells that turn out to be a brain, or other things. How about a blood vessel? How about sperm and ovaries? All these come from two little cells, and they change. And they, God does a pretty awesome work, you know. I mean, really, is astonishing. And he 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 able to differentiate them into three different tissue types. And he created us in a triune body, in spirit, soul, and body. And could you know you're able to divide these things, Father God? And so we ask you to separate. The nasty spirits that are controlling some of these people, if you can save their souls, we pray for those who despitefully use this, Father God, not just at YouTube, those that are behind the so-called Biden regime, whatever it's called, the people that he's he's marching to, the different people in the global elite group, Father God, the, 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 all these people, Father God, that are railing against and, and trying to dis, disparage Dr. Marcola, who has a very illustrious career, because my own sister would rather listen to uh, Wikipedia, which is very wicked. <laughs> Anybody can put anything up there they want. Oh, Dr. McCullough doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, so she ran off to get the job. So, Father, we ask you to deliver all of our family members that need to be delivered from every spirit of stinking thinking that also led to perhaps unwise decisions, Father God, trying to rush off to be joining this fourth industrial revolution where they maybe didn't know that's what they were doing, but they did. Father, we ask you to deliver all those in Brazil that are being um, jerked around by the same political groups that are trying to control elections globally to get what they want. They're not really elections. They're selections. And did Donald Trump find out that this is the case? Uh, yeah. Did Bolsonaro guys find out? Could they do it there? Oh, they've been trying pretty diligently. And they've been working at it diligently because he was leading until, of course, after the polls closed. And quick, quick, quick. So, Father God, we ask you to expose everything that's being done, and we thank you for doing so. We give you praise and honor and glory because you said that you would do just exactly that. You said we're not supposed to fear them, Father God. But you said, you said in Matthew 10:26, Fear them not, therefore, for there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. And even confirmed in Luke 12:2 and Matthew 4:22. And that's Jesus speaking. And he is what? The way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to heaven. He's the door, the only door to heaven. You can't get there 
to Klaus Schwab. Oh, I'm going to get this really great update, and I'll be able to to be able to communicate my brain with this with this kind uh, of electronic device, and I'll be able to to be able to be really super duper smart, and I'll be able to make lots of money. Oh, what is money anyway? Oh, it's another created thing that they're trying to change for their purposes. Father God, we bind every one of these spirits trying to control the people in Brazil, the United States, and every nation, not just Canada, not just the United Kingdom, and yes, Switzerland too. Switzerland has got a lot of smart people there. They they actually have their ability to have guns themselves, and they have a, a militia, and they've been doing just, not just because they happen to have some mountains and things, and they happen to have, you know, everybody has their own bunkers apparently, from what I've heard from some people over there. They have their own little uh, equivalent of bomb shelters and all of that. So we thank you, Father God. You, even, even the people in Switzerland are being attacked. Oh, no, you can't turn your thermostat down, uh, you know. Kinda, you can't turn your thermostat up, I mean, above uh, the equivalent of like, uh, whatever it is, a little bit over uh, 67 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, 19 degrees Celsius. So, Father God, if they're trying to control the people in Switzerland, and they are, and we know they're doing a pretty fat, whoever these people are, Whoever the demons in, because our battle is not with the people. It's with the demons. So Satan, you're bound. Every one of your single underlings are bound. Continually bound and gagged in Jesus' name. From our positions, you don't have any places in Christ Jesus. We command you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, leave each and every one of these human beings created in the image of the living God. We made all men one blood, the blood of God. Alone, we command take every one of your demons, doubt and unbelief, and every confusing spirit and every spirit of mind control away from each and every one, not just in Brazil, not just, in, not just the United States, not just the United Kingdom, not just Switzerland, every single nation, every nation, Russia, China, every nation. Oh, Lord, deliver the people, the people who have called upon the name of the Lord Jesus and asked you to save them, Father God, all the benefits of Psalm 91 over each one, including those dear saints in China that have been locked down and put behind fences and locked in their own apartments. We command you to deliver us all. Satan, you're bound. Every one of your underlings are bound. In Jesus' name, we command you to take every one of your demons away from each and every one that are anywhere blind, their eyes, hearts, and their minds, anointing and understanding, and receiving the fullness of the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, our national and his kingdom. From our position to see how many places in Christ Jesus, we bind every ungodly spirit. We break all, close all the portals, all the flow of information, and every ungodly spirit. And we thank you, Father, for the exposing the things that you're exposing, even as Pastor Sabrina has read through. We ask for divine intervention and adjudication, because the government's on Jesus' shoulders, and it is. And we give you praise and honor and glory, Father, for what you have done, are doing, and going to do, even right now. For now is the day of salvation, in Jesus' name. And you said, I will hope continually, yet praise thee more and more. Why? Because Jesus already won the victory. Because he said, Father, it, it is finished. And for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest. He might destroy the works of the devil. And it is written, even as the Israelites rejoiced after they went through the Red Sea, and you brought them through, Lord, and you said we get to do the same rejoicing, even like it says in Revelation 15, partway through verse 3. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy works. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways. Thou King of saints, who shall not fear thee? Even Klaus Schwab. Even this little Biden, or one of his many puppets, or doubles, whatever. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest in Jesus' name. You're judging, Father God. 
Yes, that's we're not supposed to judge anything before the time because you're we commit all judgment to you, Lord, and we thank you for your divine intervention and in, in adjudication in every single one of these situations, Father God, in Jesus' name. And even as the enemy didn't like something that the Lord gave me supernaturally today, so Father, I say amen to Lena, who inspired me to go along with other things the Holy Ghost was already showing me, and Sharon, and RT, and DVD, and God is Love, and Diana, and all the blood-bought saints in Jesus' holy name. Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee, from Isaiah 60, verse 1. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken, and he can't lie, in Isaiah 40, verse 5. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, John chapter 1, verse 14. And the glory of children of their fathers, Proverbs 17, 6. And now, O Father, Jesus says, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. And now I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, even that they may be one, even as we are, as Jesus says in John chapter 17, verses 5 and 11. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall purge the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment, by the spirit of burning, and the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion, upon her assemblies, a cloud and a smoke by day, and a shining of flame and fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. In Isaiah chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. To it that God, who? God the Father. To it that God, and maybe God the Holy Spirit mixed together, all blended together, a fire unfolding itself. To it that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, and referring to Jesus. And he was clothed in a vesture of in blood, and his name is called the word of God in Revelation 19, 13. For in him we live and move and have our being. A certain also of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring, as it is written. Why? Because he created us in one image, the image of him, the blood of the true blood of the living God, the creator, holy blood, Acts 17, 26, and the other one is Acts 17, uh, cut about that, 28, because in him we live and move and have our being. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord, my God, thou art very great, thou art clothed with honor and majesty, who covers thyself with light as with a garment, and Psalm 104, verses 1 and 2, amen, in Jesus' holy name, and Psalm 118, verse 26, verily, verily, I say unto you, you shall not see me again. Until the time come when you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And that says that over in, in Luke 13, 35. Because Psalm 118, verse 26 is, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus says, I am come in my Father's name, in John 5, 43. But as many as received him. Ah, because that John 5, 43 says a lot of people didn't want to receive him. But as many as received him. We have to receive him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. To them that believe on his name. John 1.12. On the next day, much people were come to their feet. When they heard what Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet them. And they cried, Hosanna, that means save now. Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he found the young ass, that long distance, could not go to the front. Behold, thy king, the king, thy king, come and sit on an You use whoever you want. You use the prayer for Houston woman. He said, yeah, it's okay. Though I pray, 
since Christ is our life, we have fear and faith. Now it's God before we against us. We thank you for your word, Lord. Seven, fifteen to seventeen as well. In Jesus, we praise you according to your righteousness, Lord. You're the Holy One who led us. We thank you for delivering us all. You said.